Is there a habit in your life with type 1 diabetes that you know you want to start, but have no idea how to get started? You know, habits like exercise or healthy eating or taking your insulin 20 minutes before you eat. There are so many habits that we know would be so helpful for our diabetes management, but oftentimes we have trouble getting motivated. We say we want to start, but when it comes down to it, we just don't get started. That's what happened to Stephanie. Stephanie has been wanting to exercise for a long time. It's been on her mind and in her notebook, but she hasn't had the motivation to get started. In this episode, you'll see how by starting very, very small, what I call stupid small, you can help yourself to find success and start a new habit that will have a big impact on your diabetes management. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a five-step plan for how to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes. We do this by helping you build the critical parts of your diabetes management like a sailboat. You are the captain, the hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management, the sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your cell correctly, you'll find smooth sailing with type 1 diabetes. Each week, I coach someone just like you with type 1 diabetes on how to optimize their sailboat. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, we're focusing on the rudder, which is your behavior around your diabetes management. Getting started with new behaviors can be challenging, and I work with Stephanie to help her find simple ways to integrate new, healthy diabetes management behaviors into her daily life. If you've ever had trouble starting a new habit in your diabetes management plan, this episode is for you. Today I'm joined by Stephanie and we're going to talk about one of the biggest challenges that she's been having in her diabetes management, that is exercise. But before we get started, I want to say hello to Stephanie and have her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her herself and her life with type 1 diabetes. So welcome, Stephanie. Glad you're here with us today. Hi. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm Stephanie, and I've had a type 1 for 50 years. Um, I was diagnosed when I was pretty young, and I, I've i gone through periods of great uh, management and times when I'm sort of off the path a little bit, but managed to come back on. And um, so far, no bad secondary effects. I just sort of treat it like it's just part of my life, which is the way it's always been. Yeah, and it is part of your life. So I'm actually curious, before we get started into the coaching section today, you mentioned 50 years. Um, yes. Did, did you do anything to celebrate or commemorate your 50-year anniversary this year? Not yet. No, okay. um, my sister... Um, my sister did a little like toast to me at a family meal with my daughters and uh, my brother-in-law. And she gave me a pair of earrings that she had made for me that, um, and she's a wonderful jeweler. And, and she just said really kind things. And I thought before then, I thought I wanted to have like a big celebration, like a diversity thing, um, mm -hmm. or that I wanted to do the, the Jocelyn medal because I mean, and I still would pursue getting that, but um, but just hearing her say like 
I acknowledge that you've always done a great job and that this is something that you've dealt with as, you know, and you've done well and I'm proud of you. And she, boy, she checked off all the boxes that I really needed to hear. That's amazing. So, I'm I'm so glad to hear that. I think I think it's so important that we not celebrate but commemorate these milestones in life with diabetes because you're right. It, it is hard, and you've done a great job. But we're all doing a great job. We're doing the best that we can right now, and to commemorate the fact that we are living this life and doing the best that we can, hopefully living our best life even with diabetes, is so important for us. So yeah, thank yeah. you for that. And she really made me feel seen. Yeah, well, that's that's an important thing for people is to be able to see because diabetes, especially the emotional part of it, um, and the, the the challenges that we experience internally are so invisible, and so to be seen by people and to recognize what we've been going through and what we've overcome, I think is just so critical. So, congratulations to you, and thank you to your sister for that for, yeah. for recognizing you in that way. Yeah, thank you. I know she. That's it's amazing. I have two great sisters who have really been instrumental in keeping me on the the straight and narrow with type one. But uh, I really appreciated the earrings and the just the general love. You know, it's incredible. Well, great. Well, before we hop on today, you said you were telling me about some of the challenges that you were having, and you mentioned that the biggest challenge that you're having right now, and that you've been having for a while is figuring out how to fit and integrate exercise into your diabetes management. And I want to hear a little bit more about that, both from what's going on right now, but also what have you tried in the past and what has been helpful, what has been unhelpful, and what has worked, what hasn't worked for you um, in getting exercise into your life with diabetes? Oh, gosh, I... I have tried um, different stuff. I was never an athletic kid. And as a matter of fact, my mom didn't really think that um, she was much more into the academics of school than she ever, she never really put very much importance on exercise or um, sportsmanship, in fact. So I didn't think it was really a critical thing when I was young. And then as I got older, I tried... um, you know, not, I didn't, this is going to be a short answer because I really haven't tried much. Um, you know, when I was pregnant, I, they suggested that I do, I walk and it was in the winter. So they were like, just walk in the Home Depot, walk every aisle of the Home Depot. Cause <laughs> I like to shop and it was cold. So I tried that a couple of times. I've tried yoga. Um, I did, uh, I play, played tennis. I did like a, a, what do they call it? A drill and play. Where mm-hmm. you, um, and I like tennis, but it was expensive and I just didn't stick with it. The drill and plays were expensive. And, um, and then after I had my kids, I, it's, it's almost turned into like a guilty thing because I feel like I'm not showing them the importance of exercise because I don't like to exercise. And then I say, well, you know, we just need to get more activity, but it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So there goes my one daughter off to college already, but I've still got a 15-year-old who I know she and I could exercise together. And again, my sisters both walk regularly and I can join there. They do they do uh, calls while they walk. I don't really know what's stopping me. 
Yeah. And that's a big question I mean, for lots of people is trying to figure out, you know, you, you know that you want to exercise, you know that you quote unquote should be exercising both for your health and for your diabetes, but then you don't, and then you feel guilty for not. And it gets, it gets to be a very confusing situation. It does. So it really has been confusing. So we're just about to start the new year um, the, right while we're recording this podcast. And I'm curious, the new year is always a time where we always think about, you know, what is next for us and how do we set new goals, which I'm going to warn you against doing right now. But I want to ask you, as you're starting the new year right now, and if you're looking in, into 2023, in an ideal world, what would your exercise routine look like? Don't worry about whether you can or can't. Don't worry about what's possible. But in Stephanie's world, what would you want to be doing on a regular basis? Um, just even, uh, really, I mean, honestly, walking would be fine for me. Okay. I live in a nice area. I'd like to just be able to get out and feel good about walking and clear my brain. And, um, I think it would be helpful in so many areas. And let's talk about that a little for a minute. So you'd love to walk and let's, let's imagine that you were able to get into a great walking routine, maybe walking for half an hour three days a week um, for, I don't know, throughout the year, how would that improve your life? Like what would be the benefit to you in your imagination with your mental health, with your diabetes, with your relationships, all of those things? Oh boy. Wow. Well, um, I, I actually do think that that could change things in a great way. I mean, I think it would improve my relationships with my sisters because maybe we talk more regularly and they would see me taking positive steps towards my health care. I think that it would just give me, I imagine that it would give me just some time alone sometimes, which I really crave um, solitude sometimes. Mm -hmm. So maybe that would be a way that I could achieve that. Um, And I, I, in my head, I see myself looking great walking, like wearing <laughs> great sneakers, in a cute outfit, and you know, getting out there maybe with my hair and I don't know, maybe some <laughs> earphones on or I don't know. But I see myself really looking good and um and then making a positive impact on my, my daughters. I mean okay. that's really super key to me. No, I think that's important. You know, it's just and then how, how do you think that walking or regular exercise, whatever that looks like, would help you with your diabetes? How would that impact your blood sugars? How would that impact your the way that you eat, the way you think about yourself and your life with diabetes? Well, I don't know, but I'd imagine, I mean, I, I don't know for a fact because I've not really employed it, but mm-hmm. I'd imagine that it would might help bring down my blood sugars mm-hmm. and maybe stabilize them a little bit in terms of instead of running in like the 120 to 150 area most you know times mm-hmm. maybe i could run from the 90s to the 120s and feel good you know what i mean yeah. like i think that it would help me manage my diabetes in general yeah. maybe lower my insulin needs i don't know yeah. maybe yeah i think there's lots of re- lots of great reasons why exercise on a regular basis will be great for you both with your relationships your mental health as well as with your diabetes management but there seems to be a barrier there. There seems to be something that you really just cannot get over in order, in order to take, make that move and do it. 
you have the best of intentions and you really want to do it, but something's getting in the way. And I'm wondering, do you have any idea or any guesses as to what that thing is? I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I in the past, like, I was, I mean, I don't think that this is, I really don't think that this has many much to do with it. But, like, mm-hmm. I did have a bad experience when I was in high school. I tried out to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I ran so low that I fell asleep uh, waiting for my audition, for my trial. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds funny now. And they were like, Stephanie, Stephanie. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I couldn't do the routine right. Mm. And I had to start over. So that was a negative about exercise. And my, uh, everybody wanted me to be a cheerleader so much. That was like the big thing of my little squad of friends and my family were a bunch of cheerleaders and, so I did, I felt like a little bit like uh, I was letting people down because I couldn't cheerlead. Okay. But I don't think that that's, I mean, maybe it has an effect talking about it now and I'm all frowny. Yeah. Um, I, maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I never really had a good experience with exercise. I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I can't think of one time, well, maybe tennis, but I really can't think of many times that like exercising was fun or good for me. Like, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. I I think there's lots of reasons why exercise is challenging. And this is not something that you deal with on your own. I mean, this is something that we all deal with is even, even people who exercise regularly, there are things to get in your way. And it's usually ourselves. You know, I know that for me, when I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm going to work out. So there's something that always convinces me or I try to convince myself, oh, maybe today's not the right day. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Either I'm running late right. or or I have something to some work to do or whatever that is. And so I think that a lot of times it's just ourselves in our own head um, that gets in the I way. I do of, do that also. Yeah. I definitely yeah. do that. I mean, because I do a class online and sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have the time to do anything before class. And then it's like, oh, I got to prepare and I don't. I definitely come up with excuses. Yeah, and so and 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 that's normal. And I, I want I want you to give yourself grace in that process of recognizing that that happens <laughs> happens to the best of us and doesn't mean anything about your ability to exercise. It's just a, it's a matter of recognizing what's getting in your way and then moving past it. Yeah. Last last question before we get into talking about what you might be able to do about this is. Imagine for a minute, I know this is maybe hard for you to imagine, but imagine that you didn't have diabetes and that that wasn't a factor here. Um, but you still want to exercise because you want to look good. You want to be in shape. You want to have, you want to talk to your sisters. You want to feel better. Do you feel that exercise would be easier without diabetes? Is di- is is there anything about diabetes that's getting in the way of you exercising? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I do. I mean, I can guarantee that I'd be an athletic person if I wasn't a type one, okay. um, I, you know, I like, I like sedentary activities a lot, mm-hmm. but I do think about, um, I mean, I think we have to, it's a, just almost automatic. Have I eaten before I'm doing starting this? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to adjust my insulin, you know, with a pump since I can't adjust it, you know, to go, you know, lower for an hour, you know, there is like, I mean, you know, there is an extra little process Mm -hmm. in preparing for exercise. Um, 
I think I think I would be more athletic if okay. I wasn't a type one. And maybe I mean, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would have become a cheerleader, and then <laughs> maybe I would have seen the benefits of team sports, and that could have set me on another path. Yeah, who knows? And I I don't want to go too far down that path because you know we don't know. I mean, we both have diabetes, and so it's it's not really worth worrying about whether or not we would or wouldn't be more athletic if we didn't have diabetes. But I think yeah. I think I, I think keeping that in mind, you're recognizing that with exercise and diabetes, there is that extra step or extra steps that have to take to make sure your blood sugars are in range, make sure you feel okay, make sure you have glucose with you as you're exercising. It, it becomes becomes a, a, a big burden or a bigger burden, I should say. I don't want to make it too big um, that has to happen before we exercise. I talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day. And every day is clear to me that people at T1D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose, and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. Yeah, I also, I, I, but I also think that for many people with type 1 diabetes, and I'll put myself in this category as well, although I think that I've overcome this a little bit over the in the past 10 years, is a personality um, not an issue, but just a, a, a personality. Some people, some people are are more athletic than other people naturally, and so you don't want to force yourself to be athletic if you're not. You know, you don't want to say, "I'm going to start running marathons." When that's just one, that's not how your body's built. That's not what's interesting to you, and that doesn't like very much fun. And so, we want to be able to help you to move into exercise in a way that's going to feel natural and authentic to who you are. And not yes. be com- not be completely separate from there. So I agree. Yeah. So I love what you said that you you want. I mean, 
that we talked well actually I said it but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say it again that you know maybe a great goal for you and I'm, I'm gonna say that put this word in in quotes a goal for you for 2023 would be to exercise you know walk for 30 minutes three times a week um and now as I say that it sounds doable but I, I can also bet Stephanie that you know that if you start doing this on a, you, you try you try to start exercising you know walking three times a week for 30 minutes things are going to get in your way and so here's what I want to encourage you to do or I want to challenge you to do is let's take that goal and actually lower the bar and we're not lowering the bar because I don't think you can do it I actually am com- <laughs> I'm I'm confident that you can do this but I want to set you up for success here. And I do too. as we're talking about this, this is all about behavior. This is all about the rudder of your sailboat to make sure that you are have the ability to steer your boat in the way that you want to do it and be successful in that way. So what would happen if I say, Stephanie, your goal is not to walk three times a week for 30 minutes. Your only goal, and if you, you can call yourself successful if you're able to do this is to put your walking shoes on three times in a week. <laughs> what, that what, what's I your, can do. Okay, great. So <laughs> w- why do you say that? Oh, well, that's really easy. I, well, first of all, I have to get better sneakers. But okay. once I got good shoes, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I have sneakers, but and I could put those on three times a week. Just putting them on, I put on shoes every day anyway. Yeah. So whether I'm pulling on my boots or tying my sneakers, Mark, I think I can do that. I know you can, <laughs> and, and and I don't want you to let the the types of the type of shoes you have get in the way of this. Whether you have sneakers that are you know old and and not worthy of walking, or whether you have brand new ones, I don't think it really matters. I, don't, I want I want to make sure that you are that you have the basis for success here. But yes. I think I, I think that oftentimes when we're saying I want to start a new routine. Well, around, especially around our diabetes management, but this could be around anything. We set our bar too high. And you may be saying to yourself, well, three times a week or 30 minutes, that sounds pretty easy. But I think that if you were to do that and try to do that, you would probably be a little bit overwhelmed. And yeah. But if we start off very, very small, and I, I call it stupidly small, again, not because you're stupid, but because I want to make sure that you are super successful. If you put, yes. if you're if success for you right now in the very beginning of exercise is putting your shoes on three times a week and there's no other expectation for you, what do you think will happen? Well, I think I could succeed at that. Yeah, and then maybe as success does, it makes you want to succeed more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Success breeds success. So if you feel exactly positive about achieving a goal, it's easier to set and achieve the next goal. Right. But, but also I think even more importantly here is, is that you put your, your sneakers on. Well, they're on now. Well, I might as well go for a walk. Oh, and and then all of a sudden you have become an (laughs) overachiever. You're you can (laughs) celebrate, you can, you can celebrate only by putting your shoes on. But then they're on, well, I might as well go outside for a five-minute walk. Well, you go for five minutes, you're like, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go for 10 minutes. And the, not, I'm not expecting you to do, do this. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying psychologically that's how that works is that we, we, uh, we see, oh, wow, that was easy. 
I might as well just do a little bit more. And now, but no one's expecting me to. If, if I don't do it, no big deal. There's no, there's no stakes there. But then you do it, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I just walked for 20 minutes. I might as well walk for 20 minutes more. And then and, and you come back, you're like, wow, I, not only did I achieve my original goal, I, I celebrated by putting my shoes on. But now look at what I did. And then the next day happens. And again, there's no expectation. You're not, you're not trying to beat yourself. All you're doing, you're just saying, okay, I'm going to put my shoes on. And if I don't go for a walk, then no big deal. But if I go for a walk, then wow, look what happened. And, it's not, and, then, and then all of a sudden, look what happens. It becomes routine. It becomes a habit without even thinking about it. Interesting. And so, and That's so, very good. But, but I, what I want you to do is I want, you, I want you to think small. And again, I know this sounds counterintuitive because I know you're capable of great things. I know you are. And I know that all the listeners out there are capable of great, great things as well. But if you set yourself up for success by thinking very small and then accidentally overachieving, then all of a sudden 30 minutes of walking three times a week in six months sounds like, oh, that's easy peasy. You know, what do I do now? What do I do? How do I set myself up for, for even more success now? And so thinking small actually sets yourself up, sets yourself up for things that are really, really big, as opposed to saying, I have to walk five times a week for an hour. That sounds to me, that sounds pretty daunting. And so that's a non, a a non-starter. Um, as, as you know, Stephanie, I wrote a book last year and as part of writing the book, my goal, my only goal every day was to sit down and write a paragraph. It didn't matter whether the paragraph was good. It didn't matter whether it made sense. It didn't matter anything except for to sit. If I sat down every day and I wrote one paragraph, then I could call that a success. But then what happens? You write a paragraph, it's like, well, I might as well write another one because I'm on a roll now. And pretty soon, after a couple months, I have a whole book. And it's it's the same type of thing. But if I say if I tell myself every day I'm gonna sit down and write a chapter. All of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed. And we get in this t- same type of habit with our diabetes management, you know, whether it's with exercise or with counting carbs or with the types of foods we're eating. And all of a sudden, that's where the, emo- the, the mental burden of diabetes becomes so great because we say, oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. And if I don't do every single one of these things, I have failed. What would happen if we set the bar lower? We say, the only thing I have to do today is take my insulin. I can do whatever else I want. I need to take my insulin. Or the only thing I need to do is put my, put, put my running shoes on. Um, I don't have to do anything other than that. But then if we do that, then all of a sudden we're already successful. And when we feel successful, now we have the momentum to be even more successful. And so I want to challenge you over the next couple of weeks to have the goal of putting your walking shoes on three times a week. And if you do nothing more than that, like let's celebrate that. Just like we celebrated your 50 year anniversary several months ago. Um, but then, you know, and then see what happens. My guess is, is that you will achieve more exercise, feel better and get in the habit of doing it much faster than you would if you, if you set it in your schedule and said every day, from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m., I'm going to walk. Because their excuses come up, but there cannot really be much excuses for, or there can't be many excuses for putting those running shoes on and tying them up and um, sitting on the couch. 
Um, but then the, possi- the possibilities there are really endless. And I think that if you do that, you'll have great success. And so I, and I want to encourage the listeners out there who are listening here is to do the same type of thing, whether it's around exercise, around carb counting, or, um, you know, how you're, what, you're, what you're eating. You know, set a goal for yourself that is so easy to achieve that you know you can do it. And if you can do that, then you call that a success. And that's how you see that's how you really get successful and make the rudder of your sailboat really strong so that you can actually achieve the goals. You can do the behaviors you're looking to do and be able to sail smoothly in the direction that you want to go um, in your life with type 1 diabetes. And so that's really, I think, the the, the basis here. It's counterintuitive, but I, I'm fairly sure for you, Stephanie, and for those of you out there, it will work wonders for you in your Try as you're working to develop new habits, exercise habits, um, food habits, insulin taking habits, whatever those are, um, you're going to be successful if you set the bar low and then becoming an overachiever, as opposed to setting the bar too high, trying to be an overachiever, and then always falling short. So I'm curious, Stephanie, as we're talking about this, um, I want to encourage you and challenge you right now to set a goal for yourself um, and, and, set, and set a stupidly low goal so that you can make sure that you succeed. So what goal do you think you want to set for yourself around exercise in the new year? I actually, I like yours. If if I can use that, because I do see how that could really launch me into being able to walk. If, especially um, I'm, my schedule at work is changing. So Mm -hmm. I'll have more time right now coming up in the next few months in the morning which is more conducive to where I live to walk in the morning. Um, I think if I can actually get up and instead of pulling on my boots like I do every morning, just put on my sneakers for now and at least be ready to exercise if I'm if I can clear those other hurdles that I yeah. uh, I something. But, but, and I love the rudder. The idea of the rudder, Mark, I think is really good. Turn your rudder in the direction that you want. To go, and, and I even think that that's you, part of turning my rudder. Yeah, and even if you don't exercise, you have succeeded because you put on your shoes, and you can have a party because right. you put on your shoes, and that and that that is phenomenal. So, I I think that you do that, you're going to be really successful. And then what happens? One thing we didn't mention, but the kind of the the downstream uh, success here is you develop a habit. I tell people, you know, many years ago, I I, I was not a morning person. And I was not an exerciser in the morning. I would, I, I would, ha- I had a gym membership, and I would go to the gym in the afternoon. Sometimes I would say I'm going to go three times right. a week. But, but as we all know, you know, you go to work and you come home, and you're like, ah, uh, I could either go to the gym or I could go home and sit in front of the TV. And sometimes the gym won, and most of the time the TV won. But right. what I did was I started going to the gym in the morning. And I had, went to a 6 a.m. class, which I know sounds a little bit daunting for people. But my goal was to get up every morning and put my clothes on, my exercise clothes. And if I make it to the gym, then great. If I didn't make it to the gym, then no problem. But my goal was to put my clothes on. Right. And, pr- and pretty soon, I was at the gym three times a week um, in the morning. And then after six months or so, it became what I did. It, I didn't even think about it. It was just like, okay, it's Monday morning. Wow. I, I'm going to get up and I go to the gym. 
And it became a habit for me. And that's our goal here. Our goal, our eventual goal with your behavior in the rudder here is for it to become such a, such a thing that's just a habit. You get up in the morning, you put, you put your shoes on and you go outside to walk. But until that happens, we want to make sure that you are set up for success. And we want to make it, make it so it's so easy to achieve your goal that you don't even think about it. And you put shoes on in the morning anyway, put those, put those uh, sneakers on. And if we do that, we'll call that a win. Okay, that's great. And you know what the other thing is? I like the idea of being able to be an overachiever. I really, <laughs> honestly, I mean, that would be a new role. So if yeah. I could get there, um, that would be fantastic. I mean, if wow. I, could, I would love that to see what that feels like. Well, and, 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 and with this goal of being an overachiever is going for a five-minute walk. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what better win do you have than that? I'm not sure if I could get a better win than that. <laughs> Well, except for making it into a habit, exactly. But just, wow. uh, just that good feeling. I, I wish I had thought of this earlier, but I'm really glad to hear this. Sometimes you just need somebody to pop you on the head with it. Well, that, I mean, that's that's, a, that's great, Mark. Well, great, well, great stuff. Well, thank you so much, and good luck to you as you develop this new habit of putting your shoes on every morning. Actually, not even every morning. Putting your running shoes on three times a week, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, that sounds great. I so appreciate this. Thank you, Mark. You bet. At the end of each podcast, I give you a plan of action from this podcast that you can start using in your life with type 1 diabetes right now. And this week, your plan of action is start a new healthy diabetes management habit. However, start stupid small. Decide what you want to do, whether it's exercise or healthy eating, pre-bolusing, and then make a commitment to start, but start with the smallest possible step. So for Stephanie, that step was put on her exercise clothes. That's all she had to do to be successful. Ask yourself, what is the stupid small step you can take in order to start achieving your goal? Trust me, when you start stupid small, anything is possible. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat, so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.